In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear saints, have you ever taken the time to reflect on the amazing creation that is the human body? The human body is simply incredible. And research tells us a few facts about this creation. First, our body has over 200 bones and over 600 muscles. The human tongue has between 2,000 and 8,000 taste buds. Laid end to end, there are close to 60,000 miles of blood vessels in our own bodies. And scientists, they estimate that your body has about 100 trillion cells. It is so complex. There are so many parts and so many systems, yet essentially your body functions as a unit. You only have one body. St. Paul, in his epistle to Corinth, uses his this reality of a human body to teach us about the church. As we work through this teaching of Paul on the church as Christ's body, we'll note two important things that he emphasizes about what the church is exactly, and then two important things that he emphasizes about how we will live with, with each other as members of this body, of this church. So to begin with, what are the two more general things that we learn about the church as the body of Christ? We learn about the unity which exists between Christians and where that unity comes from. This is striking right from the start. Our starting point these days is usually that, well, I'm a Christian as an individual. But Paul's, but Paul's starting point is that we are Christians collectively as a body. Often today, if someone says that they are a Christian and you ask them, well, great, where is your church? They have a tendency to look at you strangely. I don't have to belong to a church to be a Christian. But Paul says that to be a Christian means to be part of a body. And if you're not regularly gathering with those who, other members of the body to be nourished by God, something is drastically wrong. You see, the church is not an organization, but an organism. We're not so much members of the church as we are members of a body. But then the second part is, where does this body get its unity from? The answer here is very simple. In the one spirit that we are all baptized, the one God has baptized us into the body of Christ by the power of the one Holy Spirit. In other words, there is a common source by which people are made a part of this body, namely God. 
there is a common means, namely our baptism. And there is a common power, namely the Holy Spirit. This is very significant for the unity of the body of Christ. No one is part of the body of Christ because, well, they deserved it. No one is part of the body of Christ because they have funds to make a big enough tithe or a big enough donation. No one is even part of the body of Christ, well, because they decided to be. We are all only a part of Christ's body, the church, because he has chosen us. He has elected us, adopted, anointed us. He has baptized us by the power of the Holy Spirit, that same Spirit. You see, the church is unified as a whole because the same God has brought each person into the body in the same way through our baptism, by the same Spirit, for the same reason, which is his grace. Here are two things that we learn about the church in general. First, that it's not a free association of like-minded individuals, but a living, unified body, complete. And second, that this unity comes from the same baptism by the same power of the same Holy Spirit, our advocate, our helper. Then Paul goes on to talk about how we are to live in the church to maintain this beautiful unity. He has two main things to say here. First, a word to those who feel inferior. And second, a word to those who feel superior. In reality, we probably all fall into both of these groups at different times. So perhaps we should say a word to each of us in those times where we feel inferior and a word to each of us in those times in which we feel superior. First, the word to us when we feel inferior. And all of us at times look around in the church and we have feelings of jealousy, of envy, perhaps even inferiority. We might think that a particular person has such strong and mature faith and wonder, why is my faith so weak? We might wonder why a particular person speaks so comfortably to non-Christians and why I'm so afraid and timid to do the same. We think that without that person over there, this congregation, well, it just wouldn't be the same. But without me, perhaps no one would even notice. In the church, we all may have these and similar feelings at different times. And St. Paul, he speaks to us a word of encouragement in these times. He says that when we feel that we are different or don't belong, it's if as if a foot says, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body. 
It's as if an ear says, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to this body. But that's nonsense. Ears are wonderful. But if all the ears wanted to be eyes, well, then the body, it couldn't hear, could it? Ears are wonderful too. But if all of the noses decided that they wanted to be ears, the body wouldn't be able to smell or to breathe. God has arranged both the human body and the body of Christ, the church, in a very specific way. He has arranged it with many different and diverse members. And they all fit together, just like a puzzle, to make this one body. This is an incredible word of encouragement to us from St. Paul. If we feel inferiority in our baptism, God has made us part of the body of Christ. And with our specific gifts and abilities, no matter how small or insignificant that we, they think they are, we are part of that body. God has arranged it. He has arranged it this way so that the body of Christ, as represented locally by this congregation, would not be whole without each and every one of us. What an amazing word of encouragement. However, our problem may not always be that we feel inferior. No, it may be that equally, possibly more often, we may feel superior. Certainly, that was a big part of the problem in the church of Corinth, where people were experiencing all kinds of special spiritual gifts, like gifts of prophecy and being able to speak in tongues. You see, these people, they thought that they were superior Christians because of all the special gifts. It happened then, and it happens in our society today, in the church today, in a lot of different ways. It's not all that surprising that we tend to despise those who we think are weaker. Because our world very much works on that same principle, that principle of the survival of the fittest. If we're on a sports team and there's 12 of us, but there's only 11 spots, that one person has to go. And who do we choose? Usually it's going to be that weakest player. And if you're a boss or a manager and there's someone in your company or team who is just not as good at their job as everyone else is and you have to let somebody go, ordinarily it'll be that weakest one that's let go. As Christians, we can think and act the same way in the church. We may look around at other people in the church and find that person, well, you know, they're a bit annoying. And we can think that another person isn't pulling their weight or yet write off another as, well, you know, they're a troublemaker. We may be tempted to think that we don't really need that person in our congregation or our Christian community. In fact, we think that we'd be better off without them. 
Many of us may think like this sometimes. And let's be clear about this. This is sinful thinking. And we need to repent when we find ourselves going down this dark path. Again, Paul illustrates this with his imagery conversation between the parts of the human body. An eye can't tell the hand or the head, tell the feet that they're not needed. On the contrary, Paul says the weaker members of the body are indispensable. And the less respectable members are treated with greater respect. When we get frustrated with a fellow Christian or when we feel ourselves despising them in some way for some unknown reason, God is actually calling us not to shun them or to write them off, but exactly the opposite. To take special care of them and to especially honor them. This applies to all congregations and denominations as well. We need to be careful not to have a superior attitude over other congregations in the Lutheran church or even other denominations. This doesn't mean that we can't speak the truth where other churches may be in error, and that's necessary things for us to do. But there's a way of doing this with care and love for them. Dear saints, our human bodies are truly incredible. And it's worth reflecting on this complexity and how amazing, how amazingly that God has knit our bodies together as one. St. Paul encourages us to meditate on our body's reality in order to be better understood and for us to understand the Christian church, church and our place in it. So let's rejoice that God in his grace has united each one of us to Christ and incorporated us in his body, the church. We are all members of Christ's church. And St. Paul wants to encourage us now in that knowledge. And let's grow in our ability to see each other in the same light for the health of the whole body of Christ in our community and in our world. Now may this give you peace. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, may it guard your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.